Today's episode of Films in Black and White is brought to you by Romer Skincare. Based out of Chicago, Romer launched a work-from-home clean skincare line that covers all your skin needs with three easy-to-follow steps. Why should you check them out? Simple ingredients and effective results, a perfect upgrade if you are still washing your face with a bar of soap or that drugstore face wash. Right now, Romer Skincare is offering our listeners 15% off and a gift with your first purchase by using the code LISTENER15. That's code LISTENER15 on their website, romerskincare.com. Impress your partner and get happy skin. He's there in a bikini on top of a dam, but it's like it looks like it's fall. Like, right. None of it makes sense. No. And that all no. added to the sense for me on I'm like, bad stuff. This is all bad stuff. This is all bad stuff. Welcome to the podcast that gives you a fresh perspective on movies, comics, and pop culture. We aren't afraid to give you an honest take and won't pull any punches. This is films in black and white. Welcome to Films in Black and White, everybody. How we doing? Uh, doing all right. We're good. Oh, we're good. Oh, People can't wanna... see me, but I'm doing the football thing where it's good. The football's good. It went through the uprights. We're good. I wanted to hit the air horn at a different time because he was getting too predictable with it. So I, I was. It, it, it did it in there. me. And it I threw like me that. off. I kept Thank looking you. at him like, Thank when, you. Is he, Thank when is he going to do it? When is he going to do it? I did it. All right. Uh, welcome to Films Subscribe Black and White. Subscribe to the Patreon to see uh, Brian put up his touchdown hands. Touchdown hands. Um, it's like a robot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a robot. Um, a robot. Welcome to episode 28, the podcast who loved yeah. me. Uh, thanks uh-huh. to everybody who is uh, joining us today. Uh, as you know, I am Doug, but I'm also joined by Marcus and Brian. So let's just do our quick little round. Do our quick little round table of how everybody's doing. Um, Brian, we'll just start with you. Brian, what are you getting into? How you doing? What are you reading? What are you watching? Just how are things? Yes, it is. It is good to be here. I am taking some time off. So I have some days yeah. off. So I'm feeling really good about that. Enjoying the fall weather. Uh, I am actually reading something. So I'm again back <laughs> in my Christie, catching up on the classics. And then there were none. Uh, so I am reading a book. It's going slowly because I have children, but I am reading a book. Oh, so admit to what we talked about last okay. week. Additionally, I I have watched a lot. Uh, I watched Cars two yesterday. In addition to the movie we'll be talking about, The Devil All the Time. So that's it's been quite a week for me. That's the cars yeah. where they're spies, right? It is. It it was bad. Like, I just, I feel bad for, like, I just feel bad for everybody involved with it. Because I could tell, like, there was a conversation where they're like, we're really going to, like, do a sequel spinoff based on, like, the Tomater guy where he's a spy and not focus on Lightning McQueen. Yeah. And it was about racing. Okay. Why did they do that? I don't know. It's their lowest grossing movie, I believe. Like, it's yeah, the lowest it's, grossing Pixar movie. It, it shows. Was so, weird, so much potential <laughs> in Lightning McQueen, and you just... Not that Tomater is, like, a bad character, but no. you completely switched the whole yeah. gist of the film. Okay. Right. Like, yeah. I, I just... Yeah, and I enjoyed the first one, but then it was just... 
hey, we're going to put a spy movie in this. Hope y'all like it. And then just Owen Wilson's like, man, what do I do? So, <laughs> yeah. Was he busy? Wow. Like, what the I hell? the best he's Owen just... Wilson impression I think I've heard in quite some time. He's too busy saying, wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. Uh, okay, well, that's good. I'm glad you followed through on the reading. That's I did. Good. That is a pillar of the podcast around these parts. Right. And then the last thing I will share is I'm playing a game called Hades for the Nintendo Switch, and I'm okay. hooked. I love it. Right. It is a rogue-like dungeon crawler, which means that all of the chambers like switch. It's not like a fixed, Ooh. you know, level where it's like here's level one, mm. two, three. Like all the chambers switch around. It's something new, something different. I'm hooked and I'm playing nice. it all the time. So cool. that is what I'm up to. Awesome. Great. Uh, Marcus in the Noah baseball jersey. How are we doing on your end? Um. Oh, okay. That good, huh? Yeah. Anyways, I'm glad to be doing this podcast. What up, everybody? Um, well, we're glad you're here. Yeah. Yeah. Doug, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Are you reading or watching anything, Marcus? No, I'm not reading and watching shit. Doug, how are you Great. doing? I also am not reading or watching anything <laughs> uh, because I am like the devil all the time. I'm the tired all the time. Um, but I'm doing well. Things are going okay. That was cool. um, I don't it's know. Been a long I didn't know week. where you were going with that. I can. But, I, yeah. I, dug, I did it. I, like I didn't know where you were yeah. going, but that's fine. I'm getting these weird red lines under my eyes that I don't know where they're coming from. It's just kind of, there's just shit happening to me that I'm not quite sure what it is because it's Dakota Days week. Happy D days. Um, so it's our homecoming Happy week. Happy D days. Happy D days. And so it's our homecoming week. And so we're super busy with all that type of stuff. Plus, um, you know, trying to help students lead a movement of change on campus, which is always fun. That was shout out to the CWC for their successful dinner yesterday. Um, and so that's yeah. kind of where we're at and how things are going on our end. So um, I've been watching again. Harrison continues his streak of Scooby-Doo. Um, the streak of Scooby-Doo. Oh, Scoob. the Scooby-Doo streak. Scoober. No, like the cartoon. It's on oh, the uh, cartoon. Netflix. <laughs> Three seasons of Scooby-Doo on Netflix. And to be honest with you, I'm fine with Scooby-Doo because at least it's, even though it's like a 30-minute show, they change. Uh, because if it's not that, it's he yeah. wants to watch Frozen number two. And if I have to hear – Oh, man. If I have to hear Frozen number two again, there's going to be a spree. Into the unknown. Yeah, yeah. If I have to hear Into the like. Unknown again – I'm going to wander into the unknown and never come back. Like that's what's good. That's what's going to happen. You're going to go to that camp where Elsa is at the end of two. I'm going to go gonna, like, welcome. Gonna take, and you're like, no, I'm going to keep walking. I'm taking my happy ass to Atta Holland and I'm getting the fuck out of here. Like, cause I don't want to do this at all. So. That's how you know you watch something too much when you're screaming out the names of things that yeah. nobody else. Really yep. Knows. I just know it. Oh man. I just know it, man. I just know it. Makes sense. Um, well, great. I'm glad everybody's doing well. Happy we're all here. This is obviously, this is the highlight of my week is doing this um, for, for y'all. So um, we have a score to settle, Brian and I, because Brian and I and Catch That Quotable are tied. But before we do that, I want to give a shout out to Jordan Chu, uh, who <laughs> is, he works up at Dakota State University. He was friends following us on the Facebook, and he actually guessed our quote correct which i really really appreciate it so yeah so shout out jordan thank you for listening to the podcast thank you for following us on facebook and guessing it correctly um 
it's a quote from Animal House, so he successfully got that right. So yeah, mm. super cool. There's more of Read that to quote. follow. Um, that I did not write that down before we got started. Right. I was gonna don't read the quote. I'm not gonna read the quote. I'm just gonna <laughs> keep on keeping on. All keep right. on keeping on. Keep got it. it. Yep. Yep. But yeah. So if you're curious of the quote, go to our Facebook page and you can see it there. Um, mm-hmm. but we need to score settle our score, yeah. Brian. You yes. and I are tied at six apiece. Um, yes. And I want to make sure that. What are you doing with your teeth? Don't worry about what's going okay, on. Over okay, here. All right, okay. <laughs> I missed right. it. I was trying to cue up a video. Threw clip, me off. So I was like, okay. oh my God. That's what, Brian, uh, that's great. That means you're minding your business. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, What are you doing with your nose? What are you, what are you doing, doing with your teeth? What's going on over there? Stop looking what's at me, bro. What are you doing with your teeth? <laughs> um, so, Brian, would you, yes. it is, you and I are tied. We I are. think we should give Marcus a chance to get up and allow him to go first. That's just personally my thought on it. How do you feel about it? I'm very 100% okay with this. Okay, so Marcus, we would like you, as the two people who are in the lead, we would like you to go first. Are these pity points because I'm black? No, nope, wow. it's because you only have five points and not six. No, this is like the NFL draft, man. You just, you snake back. Like, just, <laughs> you get to the top and then you go back. Like, that's how I'm understanding it. You know what? Brian's actually gonna, correct. I was I was gonna make a joke, but I didn't want Brian to feel bad. I was gonna be like, "Well, that's like the slave auction." No, oh, no God. God. <laughs> Well, well, okay. it's been fun joining you all. Um, <laughs> it's time for all of us to go. Um, <laughs> and this has been another episode of Film in Black. And now we're gonna get out of here. Well, that was definitely not my intent. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. Brian did not say that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta keep everybody on their toes. <laughs> I just never know what's gonna happen. I don't know if okay. we should play the game anymore. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, we should have stopped playing this game when we created years ago. It. Yeah, we, yeah, we sucked. Yeah. Um. Okay. Here we go. Okay. <clears throat> what's wrong with you? I have this weird self-esteem issue where I hate myself, but I think I'm better than everybody else. What's wrong with you? I have this weird self-esteem issue where I hate myself, but I think I'm better than everybody else. This feels like it is a high school movie. I'm thinking Easy A. I'm thinking Mean Girls. I'm thinking uh, other movies that happen with teenagers. Uh, because I feel like only a teenager would be in that, that personal place as of now so i'm gonna lock in my one word hint i'm definitely gonna exercise my option to one word hint um but that's just right off the jump okay marcus what is our one word hint for this movie all right your one word hint is curtains (laughs) (laughs) when you hear why i gave you that you're probably gonna be like what the fuck okay Curtains. Uh, curtains. It's curtain C. Yeah. Um, that's just all I can think of. A 30s time. I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready to buzz in and try. Okay, Brian, you go, you go for it. Is this the movie The Edge of 17? No. Okay. It is not. All right. Okay, uh, Marcus, is this Mm -hmm. Easy A? No. Okay. All right. Well, this there you go is a movie I've never seen called Peaky Blinders. 
Oh, I've never seen that either. So, well, fun. I've never seen that movie. Brian, have you seen it? <laughs> I know people. I know. I know people that have. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that took me a long time to get out yeah. for such a simple comment. I've heard the title before, but I've never. I've just. I don't think I've ever seen the movie. I don't know what, how, or why. Not like I. I don't want to. I just. I've never seen it. Peaky is Blinders it? is a TV show. Yeah, oh, it is. I didn't yeah, know. Oh, okay. I didn't know that either. Okay, it's a TV show. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. All right, that's okay. I'm good. All right, well, here we go. Yeah. All right, Brian. All right. Um, <clears throat> would you like me to go first, or would you like you to go first? Please, Doug. Please. Okay. Go right ahead. <laughs> okay. So, please. my quote is a conversation. So I'm not going to read any of the people who are saying it. I'm just going to read the two lines. Comfortable okay. with that? Okay. <clears throat> Are you the police? No, ma'am. We're musicians. Oh, I know it. Are you the police? No, ma'am. We're musicians. Okay. Um, I do believe I'm going to buzz in, and I think it's the Blues Brothers. You are correct. It is the Blues Brothers. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Look at you. Well played. Well played. (laughs) I would not have gotten it. I know this is going to be a cinema sin. I have not seen Blues Brothers. Ooh. Not even Blues Brothers 3000? I've seen nothing. I just know that they are nicely dressed gentlemen. And oh man, that's and you live near Chicago. What the fuck is wrong with you? That's I am, amazing. I, that's I am aware. Everyone, I knew. Somebody's gonna come knocking at your door, Brian. Oh, you I know. Be like, get out. Chicago Film Authority is gonna be like, "Hello, sir." Yeah, that's film that's almost as bad as saying you don't like deep dish pizza. Well, that, oh, well, no, I love one. I love deep dish pizza, and okay. Pequod's is the best. If anyone from Chicago is listening, and I will okay. fight you about. What's your that. favorite baseball team? Oh, it's the Cubs. It's okay, the Cubs. Good. All okay, right. Good, good. Okay. Okay. So you might be okay. Yeah, you might I, make I mean, good. I think I pass most of the Chicago stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah, Blues Brothers, solid. Okay. Marcus, All you right. got that right out of the gate. I didn't even. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Do a hint. Yeah. I wasn't even and, there. You know, you you looked like though, Brian, that it had hit you. You looked like you were struck by lightning when you saw it. You were like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, Brian, take us, t- take us home. Take me home, quote road. Okay, here we go. The rumors of my promiscuity have been greatly exaggerated. Oh, shit. I know this. I I will repeat it again. The rumors of my promiscuity have been greatly exaggerated. Uh, The first thing that comes... uh, You know the first thing that comes to mind? Um, What's that? What is that movie with... he He wears the shirt, it says, Vote for Pablo. You think this is Napoleon Dynamite? I don't know why, but I feel like that's a line in Napoleon Dynamite. But I know that that's not correct. All right. Yep, that's fair. All right. I have no guesses. Um, This has stumped me entirely. So I'm really going to need that one word hint from Brian. So here we go. I am going to say the word Scarlet. Oh, is it the Scarlet Letter? It is not the Scarlet Letter. Uh, Brian, is this Easy A? It is Easy A. It is Easy A. It is Easy A starring Emma Watson, which is loosely based on It was based on the Scarlet Letter. Oh my God, I get a half a point. I deserve I mean, a half. I'm okay with it. Ooh, like it's, there are no half points on another work. The I mean, easy uh, A was based on the. It was literally yes, based yes. on the Scarlet Letter. Yeah, I know that they read the Scarlet Letter in the movie. Yes. So yeah, give it, gets, it to me. We're pretty meta here. Emma Stone's gonna so. like drop in any moment here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Whatever. Do or do not. There is no try. 
Sorry, Brian. Sorry, Marcus. Sure, Yoda. That is horse shit. <laughs> Look, Yoda, you were there at the fall of the Jedi. All right, let's let's sure, just watch cool. it. Okay. <laughs> I bugged on out of there. Uh, okay, do or do not. Where were you when the five hundred first came and and Hayden Christensen hurt those children? Obviously, yeah. Where Hayden was Yoda? Anakin. Where the fuck was he? Where was the strongest fucking Jedi master? He was with the Wookies. Um, you oh, know, he more power to them. him. But you know, it's like do or do <laughs> not. Power to like, him? Yoda. Come on. Here's what I didn't understand. There were other people. Where were the other Jedi's? Oh, they just, I mean, they're just like, Murp. they died. Anakin walked in the room and slaughtered children. Yeah. And yeah. then we had a whole movie, The Rise of Skywalker, using the yes. same lightsaber that yep. slaughtered children. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. And I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And I've never, I haven't made that yeah. connection. And you're absolutely yeah. right. What if you think so how many crazy. people handled that. That's like, got some. That's got some, some bad like, juju to some it. history on it. Oh my gosh! Then Leia straight up going to Ray like, "Hey, so like, I know you're really attached to this lightsaber, but like, it's got some really bad vibes. It's, yeah, yeah. You should it's make like, your own. That. It's like going to a pawn shop and buying a gun that's got like 50 bodies on it. You know, it's, it's all right. Oh wait a minute! You're telling me it didn't just kill people, but it killed children? Yeah. Gee, this is like having a seat. You might as well put a red saber crystal in there and call it a damn day. <laughs> this image of ray walking into like a punch <laughs> and she's just like yeah i'll take that one and like, give me sure? the cheapest saber you can find you, you sure, sure you want this one we got one that has the oh. serial number like scratched off of it no. are you sure you want I, that i one? want the i want the one that slattered the younglings we got a few of those the one he that was up, symbolically said, destroyed in episode eight to show that it was done. No, nah, I'm gonna put that back. No, I'm gonna put that. Yeah, we're gonna, gonna put, put that, that back. That's worth it, it to me. He walked in. The kid said, "What should we do? What did he say to? He said something. He pulled There's on. There's too many of them. There's what are many, we going to do? What are we gonna do? He said, "Don't worry about it. Close your eyes." <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was like, yeah. oh my god. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, Obi- easy Obi- A was the Obi- answer. Obi one playing back the video. He's showing the instant replay. I'm like, damn, Obi, turn that damn shit off, you sicko! Stop watching oh, that man. shit, Ewan McGregor. All right, we have gone down the Star God. Wars rabbit damn. hole. That shit is once, sick. But we have a movie Look, to get to. We um, we need and, to talk and, about this movie. And there's there's some yeah. shit to talk about. Um, before we do the barbershop summary, courtesy of one Marcus J. Destin, I yes. just want to run down some really quick fast facts for everybody about, um, news. We, we got news. I got some news to go oh, over. All right. Well, Hey, lay it down. I what, what do you want to talk it. about Marcus? So lay that funky news on me, man. <laughs> We're to Sitting it, apologize. sitting, stewing it. No, Apolo- apologize. I apologize. Apologize for saying that shit. I told you to stop <laughs> telling me to lay stuff on you. I'm not laying nothing. Nope, nope. And we're hanging out here. If this means that we sit in silence for another hour and a half, I'm not this apologizing. Is the premium content you can expect oh. from films and black and white podcasts. Films and black and white only fans getting nasty, <laughs> laying it on each other. I don't know what that means, but. Catch the first, uh, second, third heat. Um, uh, okay. Yep. Marvel right. fans rejoice. There is a new casting in the world of Marvel Studios. I don't know yes, if you there all is. this today. Miss um, Marvel's casting. Um, I'm not familiar with this young lady, um, but um, it is said. Wait a minute. Where is her name at? That, she's brand new. That's why you're not familiar with her. Oh, okay. She yeah, I think know. she is absolutely a newcomer. Yep. Oh, okay. Um, so apparently they, uh, Miss Marvel, the Miss Marvel, which I assume is going to be a Disney plus, um, yes. series, um, has just been casted today and her name is what in the world? 
Iman oh, Vellani. Vellani. Yep. Thank you. Iman Vellani has been cast to play the beloved superhero and will lead Miss Marvel's titular series on Disney Plus. Plus, not Plus, because that's a Dr. Pimple Popper. That's a whole different show. But <laughs> Disney Plus. So go ahead. Um, some congratulations to her. If she is a newcomer, I say more power to you. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. it's really great that they went ahead and moved forward in this casting. And then my other review is I don't know if this is yours, Brian. Um, no, no, go ahead. Video game, but Marvel Spider-Man Remastered. I don't know if you all saw this. Marvel yeah. PS5 Spider-Man got remastered, and they completely redid the face of Peter Parker. And guess who the fuck it looks like? <laughs> Tom damn Holland. Yep. I don't know how they did this, but it the face is completely reconstructed and looks exactly like it Tom looks Holland. looks nuts. And- it's, re- yeah. it's it's crazy. I don't know why they did that if they want to go hand in hand <laughs> with Marvel, but I don't know. Yeah, well, if you really hang nice. out on Twitter like me some days, um, okay. apparently, so there's a lot, there's like a lot happening. And by the time you hear this, there may have been more clarification, but basically Insomniac, who's the developer, said that they cast the new face because it would like sync up with the voice acting better and essentially what this means is basically because the ps5 has such good visuals they needed a better face actor essentially is what this came down to this is what they're saying essentially so like the bones in your face aren't good enough sorry we need a better person to to that's like calling somebody ugly yeah, it, it I, feels I mean, like I that. don't, I don't know. I'm pretty skeptical of everything. Like, I just, it, I don't know. It, like, the cons- the Marvel conspiracy theorist in me is like, they wanted someone to look like Tom Holland, so they have like market brand synergy corporate they, words yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, maybe, maybe they recast the maybe. face because right. I don't know. Like, I'm not a video game developer, but that seems like a lot of work for that. Which yeah, I don't it really know. does. It feels like a lot of work to yeah. just, especially to lay it all on one person. Uh, yeah, too. That's that's a very good point. It seems like that's a lot of burden for to put right on Tom Holland with all that shit. So okay, well that's really interesting. Here's what I have: um, a trailer recently dropped for Borat Two, which will debut on Amazon Prime the day before the election. It's supposed to happen. Yeah, I really got I really got to boo the shit out of this. To be honest with you, um, and and I got to boo the shit out of it for this reason. Um, if you've watched this new trailer, I know that Sasha Barra Cohen is doing satire, and I know that satire has its right. place even in the world that we currently operate in. Um, but I got to be real with you. This satire feels a little too on the nose because essentially it's Kazakhstan releasing a pro-Trump video like saying like that he's the best oh. president yeah it's really fucking out there and it's what? i'm very curious you should you two timing. should you should too should watch it it is god awful timing it's god awful timing and it's and and all this tells me is sasha barrett cohen is grasping at straws and he knows what's a great way for people to want to watch my video well uh we'll make it tied to this particular election and either people watch it and they'll hate it or and it'll get a bunch huh. of buzz or everyone who is that leaning that particular way will watch it. But I just think that his satire is so specific and so nuanced. There are going to be people who don't get it and it's going to blow up in his face. I'm calling this shot. Now it's going to blow up in his face and he's going to say, no, it was a joke (laughs) and no people are going to go. Well, then I guess I didn't get it because there are going to be people who take this shit seriously. And it makes me genuinely worried. 
people don't really understand satire anymore. Mm-mm. So nope. like you and like at the well, first time Borat came out, people didn't even know that that was like a film. They thought that was somebody no. real doing real things. Yeah. So for sure, I'm not liking it. Nope, not here for I, it. I mean, I I'm guess I, I want to see what's happening, but I'm not very confident it's going <laughs> right. to be good. Right. <laughs> That's where yeah. I'm at, I guess. And for me, and then for me, it's like it's not that. <clears throat> I wasn't interested in Borat 2 anyway. So, and then yeah. you add the timing of everything, especially after watching that debate last night. I'm cool. Like, yeah. I'm really yeah. cool. I'm all set. It. Yeah, I'm straight. Yeah, this just confirms that that'll be something that I skip, that I don't need to watch. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, Brian, any news? Unless you, you want us to watch it on the Patreon. Yeah. I, the only thing I wanted to talk about really quick was that uh, <laughs> Bill and Ted – I'm going to go back to Bill and Ted. They're, they had the video on demand. So Deadline posted their video on demand revenue. And they, to date, since it's been released on video on demand, it's made around $32 million. And people are looking at that like, okay, people are doing this at home. And so I just thought that was interesting. It made $3 million in theaters. I'm still following this beat because it's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, I don't know. This is me putting out into the universe that there's a glimmer of hope that we'll get some new movies on video on demand that are at this caliber. I don't think we'll yeah. get a lot of them, but sure. I think there's money to be made here. That's all. Um, I, I just like thought that. that was interesting since we I had like talked about that movie a few weeks ago. Yeah, no, that's very relevant. And I think it's also relevant because, uh, and I think, I don't know if I reported this last week, but I definitely saw it between this week and last week. Uh, this week and last week, I saw that Mulan made $250 million. That was Ooh. their first reported numbers just based off of how many people had watched it um, and paid for that wow. premium service, which at that time that I had read it, it had beaten Tenet's box office numbers uh-huh. to that wow. point in time. So did it beat it forwards and backwards. Um, it did not. Just but, one direction. Just uh, beat it. Oh, not bad. Christopher Nolan it. is shaking right my now. Bad. Yeah, he should be because uh, that was that a terrible forwards movie. and backwards and then Psych. a movie that's awful. Um, yeah. So I don't it know. It wasn't it's just, bad. It's not bad. No, it was just an interesting. I think if you're you right. Find Brian, out how I we think... really feel about it. You should listen to the bonus episodes of films. Like and yes. Should. Listen to that bonus episode. If, if you need to see it. Yeah. But that's the thing it. is that I think it's right, Brian. I think you're right. I think it's going to be very yeah. much like interesting to see. Cool. Yeah. So there it is. All right. Well, thank you. That, that covers us for news. So let's get into our breakdown of the devil all the time. So let's kind of touch yes. on just some really... Oh, just whipping oh. up these sound effects left and right. Just, yeah, just. You never give me space to play the theme song, well, so I gotta I'm insert sorry. it in. I like that was very fitting for this movie, by the way. Thank you. It, yeah, it, actually, yes. very much was. It very yes. much was. Um, before Marcus gives us his barbershop summary, just a couple of things to touch on. Um, this movie was directed by um, Antonio Campos. Um, this is probably one of the bigger movies that he's directed. Um, the biggest thing I would say of notoriety that he had directed before was he directed a season one, episode eight of The Punisher, which was on Netflix. Um, oh. That episode is called Cold Steel, in case anybody's curious. That um, makes so much sense. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, this movie is based off of a book that was written by Donald Ray Pollock, who is 
is also happens to be the narrator in this particular movie as well, which I thought was really a cool idea and a cool choice that they made. Mm-hmm. Um, the stars of this particular movie are Bill Skarsgård. He plays Willard, which is Arvin's father. Um, Tom Holland plays Arvin. Sebastian Stan is in this. Jason Clark is in this. He plays Carl. Um, Robert Pattinson plays Reverend Preston Teagarden. Um, and then Haley Bennett plays Charlotte and Riley Keo, K-E-O-G-H, Keo, I think, plays Sandy. Yes. So that's kind of the rundown of the big names that are sort of acting in it. Um, there's really, I mean, it's a Netflix movie, so trying to look for a box office isn't exactly um, easy to do. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where we're at. But I think we'll turn it over to Marcus, which I am very excited for. Marcus, I want to hear your barbershop summary of this particular movie. Very curious Listen, for how this is going to go. Marcus, you're on de- I'm excited, man. Listen, All right, the thing. All right Marcus. Listen. We just took a break. I'm uh, this is I'm I'm exposing movie magic. We, we just took a break and, and Doug just went he just shoved all his white privilege in my face. Unintentionally. He took he took the time to tell me that we told him your internet is a little laggy. We you might you might want to do something. He was like, Well, let me hop off. I have a router <laughs> that does two different speeds for internet. Let me hop off one and hop on the other. I said, This son of a bitch is rubbing his internet in my face. <laughs> it's true. I am. Yeah. I'm really proud of it. Um, <laughs> it was an intentional oh. choice. I'll be like, this is oh. how I'll continue to keep him down. I'll keep show him how my, man internet, how my internet works. Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh. All, right. All right. We had we had left off uh, eagerly awaiting uh, Marcus's barbershop summary for yes. the devil all the time. So go ahead and give it to us, Marcus. I bet. Listen, what had happened was a whole lot of white people shit. I'm not going to hold you. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Absolutely. It was I no offense to my co-host, but it wasn't a black person that's like in this movie. Nope. And uh it was rough. This shit was rough. Yeah. Rough. Rough. Oh yeah. It, it let you know. So here's what had happened. You got a whole bunch of you got a, a star-studded cast, okay? And you get this story of this little kid, okay? And, and, and well, you get a story of this man who just the intro scene is a man crucified on a cross yep. in the Vietnam War. No, 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 no. It was, uh, what war was that? It was World War II. World War II. World War II. Yeah. He's, he, he, the last memory he got of the cross was a man crucified on the cross that the Japanese left the man hung up. Yeah. He was alive, and they had to kill this motherfucker. Uh, yeah. That was the last memory. Then they go and try to transition me into a coffee shop where he's trying to flirt with this lady, but he still got PTSD from watching that damn man on the damn cross. So he, with that, don't be going to church, okay? He don't go to church. He got PTSD with crosses. He can't even make the letter T on a damn piece of paper because <laughs> he, he just is struggling. He got PTSD with crosses. He go to the church. This man dumped spiders on his goddamn face just to prove his faith to God. <laughs> then it turns later on, he got bit by one of the damn spiders and his head swole up like a damn pumpkin. So I was like, first of all, you ain't got that much faith. Not to mind you, this same idiot killed his wife and got mad at God because he couldn't resurrect her. What the <laughs> fuck? So then... Ooh, and then, so oh, then the kid goes, the mama gets sick, and then when the mama gets sick, the daddy telling him, listen, you got to pray. This is fucked up. <laughs> listen, he's smacking the hell out this kid. Yeah. <laughs> telling him, you got to pray like you mean it. You want to save your mama, don't you? The oh. daddy is so desperate to save his wife, y'all. He went and shot the damn dog. 
Not yeah. only did he shoot the dog, he said, Lord, I we love this dog. My boy loves this dog. He says, but if you could take this dog instead and save my wife, we would love that. He then had the audacity to string this dog up on yeah. a damn cross yeah. and, and, and ask the Lord to save uh, his wife. And in the next scene, guess what? They was burying his wife. Yeah. This movie is about it. So really what it is, is in all seriousness, it's like the movie Crash. Yes. It's it's five different stories all at once and there's yep. a whole bunch of different people yep. and they all find a way to connect. That is the yes. best way that I can tell you. And everybody has an individual story that is filled with crazy shit that somehow manages to lead back to one person. Yes. That is yes. that is that is a that is a great comparison. That is that the is... most succinct explanation you can give this movie. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. This is that is a oh, it's a with it's crash with more poverty and yes. more crazy religious stuff. Yes. It's really what it is. Yes. Um, great. Just I mean, yeah. to fill in some of the gaps um, yeah. that because that barbershop summary was really good, but to fill in some of the gaps just associated with it. Um, this story centers around Arvin and his family, as Marcus mentioned, starts out with his dad in World War II, yep. um, and kind of then follows some of the unfortunate aspects of things that his family has gotten involved in and what has happened on that front um, and can then kind of take in themselves and to more where we are and where we sit today mm -hmm. and the tragedy basically it's like if there were a black screen with a title card and it would be like the tragedy continues um, because more just awful shit happens um, where Robert Pattinson is a diddler um, and he oh. goes after kids uh, well not Maybe not kids, young young hey, ladies. They're, 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 they're kids. Borderline kids. Teenagers, right? Is that safe? They're in high school. Just recently. I, th I think it's left up to, I don't know, to me it is high schoolers and they are children. I see your point, Brian. I also want to add into there the context of the time period. It's like 1930, also true. 20s. So what was still acceptable at that time? And what was oh. 1957. Okay, because I don't even know what the rules were at that time, if that was still a thing or like that kind of stuff. So fair, not, not, not justifying it or saying it was right. He's still a nasty fuck, but <laughs> I just want to give the context. Well, we will talk more about that. Yes. Um, but anyway, so then it, you know, obviously the, unfortunately, Robert Pattinson makes the decision to get involved with Arvin's um, cousin, but really, to be honest, he sees her as his sister. Um, mm -hmm. She gets pregnant, and on some unfortunate stuff happens to her. Uh, and then next thing you know, I'm trying no, not let's to... Talk. Listen, okay. no, we need to talk about the story. Okay. Listen, I mean, I think we need to say that okay. there's going to be spoilers here. Yeah, this okay. is like, a real quick. Yeah, let's talk about... Here, let's do it like this, though. Let's talk about all of the stories. Yes. Let's each of us take a piece and explain it. Okay. All okay. right. So everybody pick a name of, a, of whose story you want to talk about. Okay. I will take, um, I will take Lee Bodecker. I will take the sheriff and oh, his okay. sister and that's Carl. That's interesting. I will oh, take oh, those. Okay. Take those that's three. smart. Okay. That's, that's smart the way you divvied that up. That's good. Brian, which one do you want? <sighs> I, I'm taking a look at like all the characters here yeah. and I'm trying yeah. to, I'm trying to untangle them. Um, I'm happy to talk about, maybe it's going to be better to talk about, like, Arvin and his father, like, before the time jump. Maybe that's a better sure. way to oh, do okay. it. Up. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. I can talk about Arvin and, and him. Yeah. 
there because yeah how does that sound and then you want to do okay. it after the time jump and yeah i can do arvin okay. after the time jump and oh really that's really it so yeah, right yeah that, I can do that should, cover, after, the that should cover pretty much everything i mean yeah, so that's yeah and i feel like that's it gives great. us each a good glimpse yeah. into like this absolutely. movie absolutely yeah. absolutely so doug kick us off okay well, actually no going in chronological to I be think honest yeah, brian, brian should go off. first yep. yeah brian should so yeah, this is different. I like this format. It's going to be new and challenging, but yeah. I like it. So give me a chance here to like get my thoughts and look mm -hmm. at my notes here. By the way, everybody, when I pulled up my notes, I pulled up my grocery list. So we're going to talk about Velveeta. In oh, any case, spicy. Um, yeah, awesome. Yeah. I know, right? Uh, yeah, that, all right, in any case. Velveeta right on it. <laughs> Velveeta. Oh, I get an air horn for Velveeta. Velveeta also, is shout out really to Maggie. underrated. She it made is. flatbread pizza with some some good uh, Jimmy Dean sausage and cheese. It was great. Okay, and you can find that this. on the Love Nerds. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can actually. The flatbread pizza is on the Love Nerds. So, okay. Oh my gosh, there's a quote in here that. Okay, all right, here we go. So for the beginning of the movie in Arvin, this movie opens up. We talked about with the World War II flashback, mm -hmm. and it's yep. basically you know this '50s era. <clears throat> West Virginia, I think, is the best way to describe it. And so yep. what I appreciate about this movie is this intent to really try to streamline and weave together all these storylines. And I think that's why, for you, the listener, you might be like, wow, like they're not doing their usual format. And it's because this movie is not a usual movie. I wouldn't it say not. it's a traditional movie with... Yeah, I'll leave it there. In any case, my perspective at the start of the movie was that it was trying to give you this grandiose world almost world building in a way like not in a sci-fi way but taking similar elements of like these are the things that came before that set the seeds for all these things to happen after so mm. oh, so you are bill skarsgård i think i'm saying that right plays willard who is arvin's father yep. um he comes back he has ptsd I feel like this is a great point to say man if if you see this movie and you're like wow i'm experiencing some of the same things he is go mm -hmm. get help it's good to talk yeah to you really should mm -hmm. there's a lot of great places to get help and it just do it yes. please and it's clear that it's affecting him it is yeah. very clear that he's having a tough time making connections they buy a house out in the middle of nowhere they don't have sinks yeah. i feel like this is pointed out to the viewer that they don't Wasn't have that a sinks. weird line he was like wait there's no run there's no sinks in here ain't no running water there's a well out back i'm like god right. damn i know right and i was like well, what are you, are you okay like, all right i mean all at right. that point you ask the realtor to put sinks in or you walk away obviously it's you know, i'm joking but but she was like, she was like, I she need was like, the place. She was like, it's perfect. I said, what's the hell? Well, rent to own. Like, it's just, this is <laughs> idyllic to them. Oh, in any case, so this sets up so many things in the movie yep. to mm -hmm. the point that it is it, like you really that that crucifix in World War II is like, if you can't handle that in this movie, yeah. Just stop watching. You should, you should take okay. a break yeah. and come back when you think you can handle that. I mean, and well, and one of the, the things I did within the first 30 minutes of this movie, so I want to recap the first 30 minutes of this movie. World War II flashback. You see this crucifixion thing. Guy goes to a town. He's lonely. He meets a girl he likes. He buys this house. He's lonely. He no hasn't sinks. talked to God. He's clearly not doing well. Um, and then in the first 45 minutes, his <laughs> no wife dies. Sinks. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's, and and it's cancer and it is, that's a lot just for the first 45 minutes. And if you're not someone that does well with trauma or processing trauma at this point, you're probably like, what am I watching? Mm -hmm. And I do want to give a shout out though, that the the entire anthology here though, I respect it for what it's trying to do. It is trying to take this really bleak picture of what it was like in this area during this time period and how people, I think it's trying to make this thesis of two things. One, how people use religion or misinterpret religion to their own ends, right? And it's like, well, the the devil is here or Mm -hmm. that's what happened or these bad things. And you're trying to see how that plays out through the entire Mm -hmm. movie. And I think the other moment I'm gonna really, oh my gosh. I'm going to call out here is, and I know I'm doing a minor recap here, but I think my analysis and critique here is that they try to take this lingering approach to the movie. Mm -hmm, And I think we'll talk about this more towards the end, but it's weird. The things that they put in it, they want to give you this lingering sense and have you live in this world. But at the same time, it really feels like you're just, you're moving. You are like to get all of these points because there is an incident that happens in the forest and Bill Skarsgård's character, Willard, is getting harassed by these two hunters who are making bad comments about his wife, assaulting his wife. And his son, Arvin, is hearing it all. Not great. And then basically you're like, oh, well, the father is being a pacifist, showing his son that you know all these mm-hmm. things nope not what this movie's not about at you know all. What this movie is about it is about getting your son in the pickup and finding those sobs downtown it's and about vengeance the really living hell about. out of them when they mm-hmm. don't expect it mm-hmm. that's the lesson thanks for coming to the movie yeah um yeah because he said <laughs> yeah. he said it's the same thing when you're getting bullied it's all about the timing right yep. you find the right time and yep. we'll talk about that on my end on how yes that- that yeah, is a part. I I ex- love that you put that down because I'm gonna pick it up because I also feel like what this what and I don't I need I feel like I need to read the novel maybe I'll put it on my list but I feel like what this movie is trying to do based on the novel is that there are times when people are pushed right by other people sure. and it's how they respond to it or mm-hmm. how yeah. they find their solace and for some it's religion but for some people it is doing all the things that happen in this movie like beating the crap out of people who say bad things mm-hmm. um and trying to teach your son how to stand up to bullies but maybe there's better you know like mm-hmm. there's yeah. so much to unpack here also i knew i was going to be in for a trip with this movie when the narrator's like arvin will remember this as one of the best memories of his father and like i'm sitting in the dark in my on my couch and i'm like oh no like i know <laughs> Oh no, we're really gonna go to a dark place. Yeah. So, yeah. I think the uh, only other thing I'll, I'll add here is that it really sets the tone. I honestly do feel like it, th- what this movie does well is it sets the tone for the rest of the movie that uh, yep. this isn't a movie about yep. a happy ending or having Whoa. a resolution. This no. is a movie about people just trying to get by mm-hmm. and how they make sense of this world. I also, I, I do, this is not technically about Arvin, but I do want to go to your point though, Marcus, of like, Man, you could really say like this is like white people losing it the movie. Like, yes. and I fully endorse that as <laughs> yes. a white person because I'm watching this like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like this is just people losing it and yeah, yeah, yeah. how they yeah. deal with it and all of the unhealthy ways they they deal with it. And uh, yeah, I fully endorse that analysis. So yeah, <sighs> so that's yeah. what I'll say about the beginning of. Oh, I think the only other thing I'll say is we briefly meet Sebastian Stan. 
when he talks to little Arvin after his father yep. mm -hmm. uh, takes his own life mm -hmm. after seeing all these horrific images. So yeah. you're setting up Arvin in case you didn't get it. Arvin's had a really tough life by the age of like nine. Yep. And the movie, I will say this, the movie does a very effective job of really having you be like, yeah, man, Arvin, you're going through it. I'm mm -hmm. with you. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I want to go through this with yep. you. How can I help you? I'm just a viewer. And I think, I know I said this like two times ago. For real, the last thing I'll say is like, at this point in the movie, after that happens, after his father takes his own life, after his mother dies of cancer. By the way, it's the same day as the funeral. And so like, yeah. yep. You're yep. just shoving all the bleakness on at one point. I, right. I feel like at this point in the movie, if you are not trusting the director, if you're not trusting the storyteller at this mm -hmm. point to take you on this journey, you're probably mm -hmm. tuned out of this movie. Yeah. And I get it because I felt like I was on this edge the entire time of yep. like, okay, I'm with you, but mm -hmm. wow, there's a lot yeah. of bad stuff happening in a mm -hmm. short amount of time. So yep. I think Absolutely that's agree. what I'll try to do to set this up with our new chronological format. So I will hand it off there. That is my recap okay. slash analysis and comment on that part of the movie. The only thing that I will say before I jump to Marcus to kind of take over older high school Arvin's yeah. story is that Carl's character. And as Brian mentioned, uh, uh, Sheriff Lee Bodecker mm -hmm. is introduced in the beginning, but Carl <clears throat> is introduced almost at the same time that Arvin's mother is introduced Absolutely. in the Absolutely. diner where he yeah, says, that's probably a good thing to talk this about. This is Carl. He's going to meet this girl her name will be called the bait and the he bait. will be called the switch. The shooter. Oh, the sh is it the shooter or the switch? I think it's the shooter because he was the photographer. Got it. It's the shooter. Yeah. So the bait and the shooter. So they go on. I'm not going to give anything away. I'll let Marcus kind of get into it, but that's where they introduce. And when we get back to kind of covering their story and how this all sort of crashes itself at the end, um, it's pretty interesting, I think, in a stylization choice to have the mother of Arvin and almost what would be his, like, spoiler alert, his demise <laughs> mm -hmm. introduced at the same time. Mm -hmm. So okay. hang with us, y'all. This, this is going to be it's going to be worth it. Because is, especially if you haven't seen The Devil all the time and you, you're the type of person to listen to us and then oh, go yeah. watch, I yeah. think it'll help you break down the processes and connect the dots a little for bit. For real. Oh, for so, sure. Um, <clears throat> so picking up, after Sheriff Bodecker um, essentially like helps um, little Alvin, mm -hmm. he take, they, they find a way to drop him off at his grandmother's house. Um, in the process of that, we get two stories that kind of parallel each other oh, at man. the same time. And that is with Roy, Theodore, and I do, is her name Mary? Yes. It was a young lady at church. I think her name was Mary. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so um, it was Sister, Sister Mary was the one that, um, that Alvin's grandmother was trying to get Alvin's father to marry when he got back from the war. Oh, Roy and Theodore yes. are two traveling preachers that come in as guest speakers at the church his grandmother goes to. And, yep. um, they come in and they give this sermon about faith and having faith and not having fear. In the process, that is where the scene with the spiders happen, um, where he dumps up he dumps a jar of spiders on his face. Real quick, about, that was real too. Yeah, that was not spiders? CGI. That was, that was not, not CGI. CGI. Oh, that is real. Oh, they yeah. looked like they looked like oh, CGI spiders. I looked it up. I had to know. I had to know. <laughs> he really Whoa, he's yeah. a sick fuck. Nope. That's no, no, some no, commitment because no, no. I would have been like, and I'll go find a different movie. Thanks, everybody. I'm out. Thank I appreciate you. it. I'll see y'all later. Uh, I'll let y'all. Bye. Yep. Bye.
Yeah. So um, he Roy dumps these spiders on his face. Mary falls in love with Roy, and and, and really instantly is like, oh, bless me, bless me, preacher. So then they end up being together. They they be together. They become they become a couple, right? They be together. They become a couple. <laughs> they be together. They be together. Um, they become a couple, and they're telling the story of Roy and his wife now, Mary, where Roy got bit by a spider, and they said his his head swelled up like a pumpkin, so yep. he locked himself into a room until he got better. For like while two he was weeks. Like sitting there for two weeks, and he was praying to God in those two weeks, and all of a sudden has this epiphany. So. He's like, we wanna, we're going to go on a walk. He feels like he's blessed by God. So he takes his wife, and the wife drops off their Roy and Mary's child off at Alvin's grandmother's place and asks him, can you watch it? Can yeah. you watch her? And that little baby name is Lenora. Okay? So yep. they watch Lenora. <clears throat> She's like, ain't no problem. Y'all go ahead and do y'all thing. This is all before Alvin get there. Yep. And then the, the narrator slick ass talking about some, and that'll be the la- little did they know that is the last time that they would see Lenora because oh, her body was the mother body was found seven weeks later or seven months later or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So then <clears throat> they go to the woods. Roy yep. stabs Mary in the neck. Okay. Yep. Stabs her in the damn neck. And he, while they're on their walk and he's like, you know, Jesus loves you. Right. And stabs in the damn neck with a Oh my gosh. That was, yeah. yeah, that was really hard to watch. That yes. was sick. And he's watching her die out. <sighs> Oh yeah. She she then but that's not the sickest part, y'all. She dies out. She dies. He then feels as if he is ordained enough to resurrect Mary. He's yep. calling out to God and said, Resurrect. Resurrect. And then says it enough to the point where he's looking at the body and, and he's oh, man. he's getting upset with God that she's not coming back to life. And he realizes, oh shit, I yeah. just yeah. I killed her. So him and yeah. Theodore go on so him and Theodore go on the run. Going back to Alvin, Alvin ends up, <laughs> Alvin ends up at his grandmother's house yes. after oh, yeah. his father's killed. Yes. So then we fast forward and Alvin is now, he's an adult. They're celebrating his birthday and, and Alvin and Lenora are tightest. They thick as thieves. Okay? Oh, yes. yeah. They, oh they, yeah. They, they are very tight. So much so that Alvin defends her at the high school when she's getting up, like damn near assaulted. Oh they man. It's up, like she's getting bullied. Huh? They, they put yeah, a paper bag weird. on her damn head. Huh? And so, wait, I missed something. What happened? No, like just the parallels of still getting bullied. Oh, like, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. For this sure. movie is just a continuum of getting bullied. Yes. yes. Oh, oh, the whole thing is basically about that. And I'm going to yes. add a point to that too as well. Um, so he defends Lenora. There's this, so Alvin is not, he's not praying no more. No. Alvin had enough After of his After all of that. Yep. After his father forced him to pray, he lost his mother, lost his dog, lost his daddy. Alvin's done. He don't yep. do no praying. He don't do the crosses and stuff, but he stick by Lenore pretty tight. Yep. So then they get the scene where they get beat up, where um, he assault the, 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 the high schoolers assault Lenore, and they put a paper bag over her head and says, in order to get a boner, I would have to put a paper bag over your head. Yep. And they go, they go forward in that. Yikes. Alvin, learning from his father, Oof. learning, and, and I love the parallels of the scene, Alvin goes and he watched the boys and their oh, yeah. patterns. Yes. He goes and said, the narrator said he learned he would have a better chance if he got them one-on-one. Yes. He takes a little wrench, a fat-ass wrench, and beats one of the boys over the head while he was trying to have some sex on a bus. Yes. He then goes to a garage while one <laughs> yes. was working on it, slams the hood on his yeah. ass like four times. He falls to the ground, goes to the car, takes a Twinkie, shoves it in his mouth, and beats the living yeah. shit out of the boy oh, in the car. Oh, yes. 
if anybody's curious, this was the moment where Brittany goes, isn't that man, doesn't he play Spider-Man? Just really quick for context. <laughs> He's beating the shit out of this these poor kids. And Brittany goes, doesn't he play Spider-Man? I'm like, that doesn't void him from doing yes. this in this <laughs> I mean, movie. In fact, he does. <laughs> Can we just, I just also want to take a point. Tom Holland is phenomenal in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. He's the best oh, part of this yes. movie. And it is so visceral and yeah. so brutal. And you know what's coming. And I always feel like that's a good movie, right? Right when you're like, I know what's gonna happen, yeah. and I'm still squeamish, and I'm still yeah. like, oh, look at him hit the still guy nervous. on the head with yeah. the wrench. Like, yeah. yeah, that part was really well done. Everything he, all so, about that sequence. So then they he finishes off the guy, tells him, if you approach my sister again, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill you the next time. He puts paper bags over their head and everything, make them feel humiliated. So while all this was happening, Lenore ran into the new pastor, Robert Pattinson, who, mind you, just <laughs> embarrassed Grandma in the house of God oh, with yep. her chicken livers. Yep. That chicken, those chicken livers. He it, said, "He the, listen. The chicken livers changed the game because it, it determined what type of character Robert Pattinson <laughs> was going to be." Okay, so yeah. Batman, Batman goes and disrespects the damn chicken livers yeah. and, and Grandma in the crib, and Grandma heard because they said she was the best cook in town. So yes. then she goes and he says, "Here's what I'm gonna do." He said, "Blessed are the meek because I'm gonna sacrifice my good meal, my good little cookout meal that y'all gave me. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna sacrifice that." I'm going to eat the chicken livers. Y'all eat the good shit. I'm going to eat the bad shit. And grandma is like, I'm embarrassed. So then Lenora runs into Robert Pattinson's pastor while she goes to visit the grave of her mama. She runs into into Pastor Pattinson, okay? Mm, She runs into Pastor Pattinson. And and in the movie, Pastor Pattinson takes advantage of her. Not in the forcible way, but in a manipulative way. You know what? And I'm glad you said it that way because he absolutely, he did. And he, yes, it's not like... It's not no. ham fisted in my like it is not in your face. It is very much like no, he used words to do this and it was yep. a bad thing. I'm really well, glad I mean, you called it out that way. Yeah, and he used he used what I mean, he took advantage of in an area that she was vulnerable because if you compare Lenora to Arvin, it's she's the more spiritual and the more religious and the more yes. devout. And he yes. capitalized on that devoutness to his own advantage. Yep. So then Lenora ends up sleeping with Robert Pattinson on multiple yep. occasions. Every time she yep. goes see her mother, she sleeps with the pastor. Yep. Mind you, the pastor is grown as hell and got a wife. So oh, yeah. They even have a scene where the pastor Pattinson, that's not his actual name, but I'm just calling Pastor Pattinson. Pastor, 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 pastor Pattinson is oh that is his name, isn't pastor it? Pastor T Garden. Pastor yep. Pastor T Garden. Um he, he they have the scene where he ends up unfortunately Lenora Lenora passes away. Okay. Yes. She because she finds out she's pregnant, she tells Pastor T Garden. Pastor T Garden said, "Oh no, this is what the thing about being manipulated. I'm gonna put a plug right here for all you men out there that be manipulating women. You yes. ain't shit. Nope. Like that is the most fucked up Not thing that you could yep. ever do. And like you a oh, piece of shit. Yeah. Yes, like you are the biggest. Because when I'm I'm watching this happen and I'm like, damn, he really could have. That is something that people do all the time. Yeah. So. He tells her, she tells him, I'm pregnant with your baby. He says, what do I look like? You know what I mean? That's blasphemous. You thought it was something that it wasn't. I don't even know how, I, I don't even know how you're pregnant. It ain't even my baby. And then right. kicks her out of the church. So then. What's up, everybody? We need to take a moment to talk about this week's sponsor. Have you heard about Anchor? You haven't. Let me tell you, it is the easiest way to record a podcast. What makes it so easy? Well, first off, it's free. So right out of the gate. That's a plus. Second, it's got great tools to make creation and editing from your phone or computer super, super smooth and super, super fun. 
Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And finally, it's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you want to make the jump and start your own, po- own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, back to our show. <sighs> Where am I? Albert. Hey, okay. I, I think yeah. you're, yeah. I'm almost you're there. Tracking the right way. You're, you're fine. This so, movie is it's all over the place. It, 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 and it feels that way. So mind you, Alvin has learned Alvin is the epitome of his father. I'm going to say yes. that. And yep. they did well oh, absolutely. pairing the two together yes. and how they acted as well. I agree. So Alvin at this point is after Lenora dies, because here's the thing when she dies, which made me so fucking sad. Lenora was going to hang herself because the pastor said, you need to find a way to get rid of the baby or you ain't going to be nothing but a whore and a bastard child in that old poor house. That's literally what he said. And you're going to break your poor grandmother's heart. Yep. And you're going to, and because Lenora is the way that she is, she then goes and attempts to hang herself. In mid thought, she says, my grandmother would never feel that way about me and would love me regardless. Yep. But the bucket from underneath her slips and she ends up hanging herself by accident. Yes. Alvin <sighs> finds the body of Lenora. While yeah. Alvin is out working, one yeah. of the sheriffs come up and they say, did you know that Lenora had a baby inside of her? Yes. And he says, you're lying. He says, no. Alvin slick ass, watch the pastor <laughs> for weeks in yep. his patterns where the pastor was sleeping with other other teenagers yeah. kids in the church yep. and, and and he plotted on him even followed him to the house yes and in that process um he then confronts the pastor and as he confronts the damn pastor he he tells him exactly his route of everything the pastor was fucking doing yep. he tells him he says i got a story Pastor, i got some yep. secrets and throws back everything the preacher has been doing. Yeah. He, so then he's like, who the hell are you? Finds out he's a Norse boy, pulls a gun on the pastor. They have a little conversation. He shoots and kills the pastor. Also, that was great. he left a note. He left a note. I didn't know he left a note. Yeah, he, he did. Left he left a note. Killed the pastor, left a note. And then Alvin immediately has to go on the run. Didn't say yes. goodbye to anybody. Oh, yeah. Goes on a run. And that is where we will kick it off with Doug's yep. side of the story. So, um, Arvin drives away. He's taking his grandmother's truck, or he's taking one of the vehicles mm-hmm. up there. It runs out of gas, and basically he has to start hitchhiking. So, I'm going to put a pin in Arvin right there yep. and flash backward to when we're talking about Roy. So, <sighs> so, when Roy runs away after having killed his wife, Roy, um, he basically abandons his paraplegic brother in the car and tries to escape. He gets picked up by Carl and Sandy, and Car- this is where you learn sort of how the bait and the trigger sort of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bait and the way it works is they pick up young guys and basically convince them to have sex with Sandy, and then apparently Carl's, uh, you know, bread and butter, and what really gets him going is taking pictures of dead people in those type of positions. So he claims yeah, yep. that he is an artist, um, and so he kind of goes. This is um, uh, Roy ends up being one of their very first victims, and they even says as much that Carl mm-hmm. and Sandy are still figuring out how this is going to do this, but they're right. going to do this for the next ten to fifteen years. 
that they're just going to mm-hmm. kind of go around the country and do this. Um, and so what we pick up is, is that um, Arvin's kind of hitchhiking and he gets picked up by them. Then we kind of jump in with um, Detective uh, or Sheriff Bodecker's story. Um, and Sheriff Bodecker is essentially That's a sick cr- ass fuck. He's basically a sick fuck. And so the way that it works is he's a crooked cop um, and he's been able to become sheriff because he has certain connections with strong arms and, and um, mm-hmm. you know, unsavory yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. And essentially what happens is he's um, in, he knows what his, his sister's a whore. He knows that she's up to something. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially the way it works is he goes around and kind of does odd jobs and looks the other way while these other guys collect money and then he gets paid off. And then it all just sort of works itself out and he stays in, in p- power. Well, the main boss starts to disrespect Sheriff Bodecker and mm-hmm. he's made the decision that he has had a fuck enough. And so he basically goes in, he shoots his, he yeah. shoots his, his, his crony in the head and then he mm-hmm. goes up and he blows the boss away to kind of liberate himself from being tied down to these two. Again, furthering this idea that he is um, a crooked cop and he's not obviously the lawman that he has said that he has claimed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and the connection is, is that again, just to remind everybody, Sheriff Bodecker is the one that picked Arvin up after he said that he found his dad dead um, mm-hmm. in the forest. So just a, as a quick reminder. Anyway, back up with our boy Arvin. Arvin is picked up by Carl and Sandy. Sandy's kind of on her, her last leg with this. They've been doing this yep. over the summers where they've been taking these road trips and taking these artistic photos um, over the course of their, basically their life together for mm-hmm. you know, 20, 15, 20 years. I mean, they say they're time. married, right? Yeah. They, I mean, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what they claim. So, um, but Arvin is kind of still on high alert, obviously from his incident with um, Reverend T garden and kind of notices that, Carl gets out of the car to take a leak, but as he's getting out, notices that he has a firearm. Um, he kind of makes a statement and tries to get Arvin to come out and take a look at the scenery. Arvin is essentially spooked and shoots Carl in the chest, killing him. Sandy's alerted, pulls her gun on him, fi- and they both fire at the same time. Yep. What we find out is that Carl was a miserable piece of shit and didn't <laughs> trust Sandy at all, so That's he essentially replaced her fire her gun with blanks Mm -hmm. so arvin ends up killing sandy and carl um and basically takes their money and leaves them there um and just again bugs out what he does do though is he also takes a picture from carl's wallet and i just want to highlight this and this is graphic (laughs) so maybe this is a trigger warning but this is there's plenty of trigger warnings here yeah i mean this movie is one big trigger warning for most people i mean the the netflix thing is the longest one i've ever seen it was like graphic nudity yeah. substance abuse ptsd throughout uh, that's what it yeah. said throughout the film yeah they didn't just the i've never yeah. seen that before yeah. yeah and anyway so they highlight one of this they highlight the picture that carl like really kind of got him spiraled into this particular activity and apparently he has mutilated a body he shot the poor man's dick off um he's blown he's basically he's full with bullet holes oh. and arvin takes this picture oh. with him as collateral to say like look they were trying to do what they did to this guy to me, so I had every right to shoot him. So he kind of tries to have some wherewithal. Sheriff Lee Bodecker basically, you know, goes to there, and although he knew his sister was a terrible person, he yep. mourns for her because he's still her sister. Um, but they notice that it's a nine millimeter. The uh, I think it's Cold Creek, uh, West Virginia, calls yep. um, the town that he's the sheriff in, mm-hmm. and essentially says, "We're looking for this kid. Um, he's, he's got, got a, a luger. He's got a luger." And then that's when Bodecker goes, "That's a nine millimeter in it," and mm-hmm. so. 
then you kind of get, and it all sort of culminates itself coming back to the house that Arvin's father, you know, all of the incidents that kind of basically where Arvin became himself um, oh, kind of that. happens. Don't forget the dirty cop went to his sister's house and didn't give a damn about her really being dead, but oh, burned yeah. all the evidence. Oh, that's correct. Sorry, that's a gr thank you. I would have left that out. So anyway, so Bodecker <laughs> then goes to the apartment of his sister and Carl and finds this finds this black room like this dark room where he's producing these pictures and essentially finds everything mm -hmm. that his sister and carl were up to and rather than doing the right thing as as marcus mentioned he doesn't give a fuck so he just lights it all on fire um mm -hmm. and it turns into a huge shit show um kind of on that end so he covers up the evidence in an effort to preserve his sister's memory as um you know this sweet woman who apparently is a whore but hey whatever um well, I so, do, she's being I mean, pimped just out a quick analysis though i i and we can talk about this later i wouldn't call her a whore i guess yeah, like, she's I, not. I, like i she's feel not. like there's maybe a discussion to be had there but the other thing is though the movie doesn't really give us a ton of motivation for her because i interpreted that as sure. she was someone that was just looking for some guidance looking for some magnetism in her life and maybe uh, i'm reading too much into it but I am not what? calling her a whore because of her <laughs> attitude or her philosophy towards life. I am making that statement because if you remember the bar that Lee Bodecker's boss worked in had a back room with the stag head over the door and she worked there. Oh, I did not make that. Connection. I am naming it as her profession. Wait a minute. I guess I didn't. I did not. Was draw that, that her? Line. He walks into the bar. Bodecker walks into the bar, and somebody's behind the bar and says, "Don't go back there. Sandy's not back there." Oh, oh. is that why the Native American man beat the shit out Bo of Bodecker? Because, because he tried to, because he tried to say, he, he "Get out of be my way." He the only way. person of color in this film, by the way. He that is he's... the only person. Yeah, he is yeah. the only person. Of color. And uh, so he's uh, trying to walk back there, and the Native American kicks his ass and says, "Like, oh, don't man. make me do this." And essentially, Sheriff Bodecker realizes that he's low man on the totem pole. Uh, no, don't okay, Doug. Nope, I'm sorry. glad you clarified that. Then. Sorry. Hold on. He's the bottom of the pecking order. There we in go. The way there that's we solution. go. Corrections. To, say, to talk wow. about the Native no, American no. and then say low man on the toting totem pole. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. he's bottom. Brian's head is in my hands. Brian Films in black and white ain't so black and white. Bitch. Oh, oh, um Ooh. anyway so he realizes at that moment that that's where it is and i think that that's kind of the jumping off point of like i gotta fix this and kind of take control of the situation a little bit yeah so, anyway so anyway so he discovers basically what his sister's been up to with carl realizes that this is despicable burns the evidence that's yeah. when he, he kind of he's in his office gets the connection of the nine millimeter and the luger and basically as arvin is going back to look at his house mm -hmm. and the guy who hands him off to Bodecker when he's a little boy mm -hmm. says you know oh you're back and recognizes him and tries to get him not to go back there to say like don't go back there like that house is destroyed and it, mm -hmm. it, it you never really see it but he's wandering through the woods and he finds the spot where his dog was crucified oh my gosh the Ooh. exact same time that Bodecker shows up with a shotgun and wearing gloves to essentially say, I need to bring you in. We have some things to talk about. Um, a gun battle ensues and spoiler alert, um, Arvin ends up blowing away um, Sheriff Bodecker, leaves him to dead, dead in the woods and then drives off and falls asleep in some stranger's van. I, and I, uh, the one thing I do want to point out though, is that Bodecker 
so earlier in the movie and <laughs> there's so much stuff we haven't even covered for those yes, that, of this you is, that are this listening. This is a quick version. This is the quick version of the movie. But basically when Arvin gets the gun, when they do the time jump, the Luger, and they're basically yep. like, you know, you, you probably need a shotgun or something too. And he's like, no, like, I don't like shotguns. Like, I just, I prefer to, I prefer to use the handgun. And then you have Bodecker show up with a shotgun Ooh, and just yeah. shoot wildly. Yeah. And what does yep. Arvin do? He waits. He waits. Yep. He waits for the perfect yep. moment. And yep. it's just one shot. One. Yep. It, it is licensed to kill rules, by the way, in it this is. movie. If you've yeah. played Goldeneye 007. Yeah. It, one, one shot, shot you done, pretty yep. much. That's true. That's true. The yeah. only exception may be past uh, Reverend Tea Garden, but yeah, it's, it's in like three. He or didn't four have times. a gun. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, in any that case, was, listen, gentlemen, I give much, much um, props to you all because we did a good job. Everybody, that's a lot to remember. That yeah. was really great. Um, that's a lot to try and cover. Um, so, so let's get into the good and the bad and the ugly of it all. Yes, yeah, and I'm glad we recapped it because there's a lot. It, this movie is two hours and it, it's long. It's, long. it's two hours it's twenty. Long. It's a slog it's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, two yeah. hours 18 so for the listeners yeah. that are like why are you recapping the movie like this we're recapping it like this because for us to talk about it i needed you that you have recap. to know that yeah you absolutely. have to have that context or you none of this will make context. any sense yeah um okay I, I mean personally i'll just start us off i gotta say that let's go let's go the the acting in it uh, everybody brought absolutely. i mean gee i mean to play just yeah. knowing the care, like the quality of characters we're talking about, these mm-hmm. are well deep, complex characters that are that are doing a lot. Like mm-hmm. that story is complex. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of moving pieces, and they really brought a hundred percent. I mean, Tom Holland does awesome. Um, I mean, even Willard isn't in the movie for a ton, and he does really oh. well. Oop! Stop right there. Really, you think so? Let hold on. No, 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 no. I'm agreeing. Okay, Bill. Scarsgar. Oh, yes. You acting son of a bitch. <laughs> there is something about that Scarsgard family. Yes. That they know how to get it done. Oh, yes. for sure. I don't know what it was. It was so great. See, and that was in one of my mental notes was it was great to see him in this capacity not oh, a, for sure not a it clown not there is no yep. makeup you're talking yep. raw emotion it's something about his eyes yes his eyes bulge out enough and they're green and excuse me when he's at the cross you yeah. see the emotion and you can hear it in his voice oh for sure he was not an abusive father he no. was a loving father oh. imagine this y'all you have these ca- i'm gonna put i'm gonna go okay i'm gonna save it Okay. Bill Skarsgård, Tom Holland, yes. this whole cast. But I really love to see Robert, the range of Robert Pattinson. I, I got yes. that taste of Twilight out of my fucking mouth with this movie. You oh, could, for sure. I mean, you couldn't see the two. Yeah, It was I mean, amazing. And I, I think it's nice to see. I mean, I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I've loved him in the Marvel movies. And it was nice to see him do something different. And it Completely makes me excited different. because he's been linked to some other projects. Like he, they're doing an Uncharted movie, which is a yeah. video game. Yeah. And he's, he's a lead in that. I mean, he's got other stuff that's coming out that makes me genuinely excited mm-hmm. because he's not one-dimensional. He's not just playing some young mm-hmm. gun kid. He's mm-hmm. playing someone who has complex, deep, emotional shit going on. Mm-hmm. And he handles it like really really well he's going to be a top 10 actor for the next generation yeah because he knows how if he stays out of trouble 
He eats up Marvel for everything that he can, carries the Spider-Man franchise for as long as he wants to. Oh. And he's going to be around because he showed you, I'm not going to have superhero fatigue because I can do the other movies too as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of the, the beauty of um, Endgame was it gave all of those actors like almost permission to feel like they could go and do out other stuff because yeah. they hadn't planned anything out. So he yeah. could dive into these projects, yeah. and I think he's got a he's got a flair for them, and I think they're really really good. Yeah. Brian, stuff that worked for you that might be different. Well, and I I feel like I I want to go back to a point. So with Bill Skarsgård performance, I think what was his performance was was so human. I just yeah. want to I just want to yeah, reiterate that because sure, I sure. feel like there there were there were unhealthy things that he was doing and it was it was tough to see it especially that scene where they learn that his wife has cancer and they're trying to pray and he's like you need to pray son mm-hmm. and that scene was really hard for me as a father of like dude like I get it like you mm-hmm. you 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 feel like nothing is in your control and you're portraying it so well and it was done so well because even though like the treatment of his son he's like you need to keep doing this and the mm-hmm. son's like dad i don't know what he don't you know what's going on from yeah. me and seeing the turmoil of like yeah this may not be the best way to treat my son but i don't know what to do seeing that pain yeah seeing that comes through so clearly without any like jump cuts either mm-hmm. like, no they this made you movie stick didn't have a problem kind of lingering on a shot either mm-hmm. which i like mm-hmm. and yeah. i thought that came through really well i think the other good part about this movie is I- i'm gonna say it i think this movie shot for the moon i love oh yeah that it tried for this huge scope of trying to tell all these different stories it was messy and i'll get to that but yes it, the good thing was that it 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 tried and a lot of it worked. I'm gonna say a lot of it worked. And there's a good there's a good movie in here. Like mm-hmm. I will say that this movie there there is a good movie in here. And I think what it does well is it leaves you with this sense of these are very human people mm. and they're trying to make sense of this world. And it gives you this reflection of like you know what maybe I'm not someone that would go to an extreme of like. You know, doing any of the things that people do in this film, maybe that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Or say it. Yeah. But, you know, are there things in your life when you don't feel like you have control and you try to do something else? And what does that look like? How does that affect other people? And I feel like that message is, while underlying it, it, it's pretty well conveyed. And I think that is done really well. I, I, part of me wishes I would have read the book. Didn't, I didn't know it was a book before. I didn't either. But I watched it and, Obviously, I, you want the film to stand on its own, but I feel like as a film, it does a really good job of trying to examine all these ways people try to make sense of the world around them and for sure. the things that they do. Especially at that time, too, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, oh, right. I, I mean, there's a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of control right now. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, and I think to your point, Brian, of it being something that shoots for the moon is that this movie does i mean it it's clearly trying to follow its source material mm-hmm. super super close mm-hmm. like it it i mean if i i want to read the book just to see how far off they deviate mm-hmm. from the the author's story because right. they can't deviate that much i mean mm-hmm. with how much is in there i think they kind of went like fuck it it's 120 pages usually we'd cut it off at 100 to redo it shot for shot but yeah. nah, let's just go for it like it but, just yeah a two like, a 2 hour movie feels like you you were really trying to parallel the book with the film and really oh, get sure. the full oh, scope of it all. Oh, I, for sure. Oh, and that's, I think, one of the things with this is, like, 
and we could do a whole podcast about like episode about this, but like when you try to make books, movies, the reason mm -hmm. that struggle is because there's, you don't know how to show internal dialogue. Mm -hmm. And yes. I'll talk more about that in the bad, but I don't know. I, I think to your point, Doug, to make it more succinct, I'm glad that I'm glad that this movie exists. I'm glad that we have mm -hmm. the space for this movie, even though it's all over the place. It's for not sure, perfect, at once. but I'm, I'm glad that we have space for things like this. Yes. Um, other things that are worth noting that worked. I mean, I think the one thing for me that I think about that still is phenomenal is the cinematography of it. Oh, the yeah. shots of this movie are beautiful oh, um, and they did an outstanding job. And I think the way that they're framed and the way that they're set and the way that they're dressed, I mean, they took you to a period and they just, it looks authentic. It looks mm -hmm. like you're really there in, you know, 1940s, you know, West, West Virginia, Ohio area. It, it looks and feels that way. And I'm, I, man, they should, they should really get some props and snaps for that because they did an awesome job of setting this, dressing this, and then shooting it. Like they just, everything is such beautiful shot work and such cinematography that it just is really awesome. For me, what I enjoyed was the, what I think was the message. And what I say is, I think, what I think is the message. And I'll give a little context. I grew up, before I got to South Dakota, my family and I were very church involved, involved in the church very heavily. Sure. Um, like Church of God in Christ, if anybody ever looks that up, like just, you know, that's how involved we were. Like if you ain't born, you gotta be born in it. You can't be sworn in it. Like that kind of church, yeah. right? And so for me, the message of it all, um, because when I came to South Dakota, I realized, oh, it's not necessarily the building of the church, but it's the internal relationship that you have with God and what it means to be religious and spiritual and et cetera, et cetera. But that's a whole nother for sure. podcast for a whole nother day. Right. Um, so for me, the idea that every story that we're experiencing is somebody's version of church. Yeah. Or religion. A 100%. Yep. Because you see these stories of Carl and and mm -hmm. and Stacy, and the narrator said this was Carl's church. Yes. Yep. Out of his way to say that. He didn't say it with anybody else. No. Yep. But if you look at the other stories, the things that they were good at were their church. Oh, for sure. Yes. The Robert Pattinson being manipulative, that was his church. And we're talking about Alvin being strategic like his father. That was his church. Yeah. And we're talking about, uh, who's the other? Oh, we're talking about um, Sheriff Bodecker and yeah. being conniving and only worrying about the election. That was his religion and his church was, I feel safe in this space. Yep. Because that's what church is. You come there to feel secure and to feel safe and to feel like this is where I need it to be. You have all these stories going along and everybody's in a different version of their church, but feel like they're that they are praising the same God and serving God in a different oh, for sure. way. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's a yes. fantastic point. Yeah. You said that really well. Wow. Uh, I think the only thing I will add to this is uh, when they were doing, when they were doing the, oh my gosh, Sandy, uh, Sandy and Carl pieces, mm -hmm. all of the camera shots that they had, they weren't like traditional, like usually when you, when you film stuff like this, mm -hmm. You're trying to do it at, you know, a little above chest level to kind of give scope. All of those shots were just really off-putting, which added mm -hmm. this like really foreboding sense. And they found locations that 
were just kind of creepy. I just yeah. want to point that out. Yeah. Like whoever sure. did scouting for this did a phenomenal job because that first one where they take Roy, right? Uh, <laughs> they take Roy to this really weird lake like a, dam. Like a dam? Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. And yeah. Sandy's there in a bikini on top of a dam, but it's like, it looks like it's fall. Like, right. None of it makes sense. No. And that all yeah. added to the sense for me. And I'm like, bad stuff. This is all mm-hmm. bad stuff. This is all bad stuff. Like, get out, get out. Like, mm-hmm. this kind of scary movie vibe, <laughs> but you now? knew how it was going to end. Yeah. 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 I just appreciated how they put that much work into how they visualize that as someone that sees more than hears, yeah. you know? Oh, for like, sure. I like this, you know? And that goes along with the story. That was the other thing that I yep. like. I like the story. I like these, I like when movies can tell me, um, what's going to happen before it happens that you're, you're a narrator that's laying it out because what, and that's what I'll say. The narrator is an essential piece to this story because without the narrator, I don't know if I would have been able to keep up as much. These subtle inputs, these subtle pieces, he's like a connector, but with everything going on. So I want to say that the good part about this is this is, it's a solid, it's a very solid story that I feel like if I read it in a book, it'd be too much shit going on. But because you showed it to me in a movie, I understand and I get it. That's fair. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. And I think the other thing that I'll say, Marcus, is I kept writing in this movie throughout this movie. What is the message of this? Like, I think what's hard about this movie and I don't want to transition us into the bad prematurely. I mean, I think, no, I think it's time. Okay. Well, okay. So then this is what I'll say. Then I think what the bad part about this movie is you get so enveloped in the trauma that there are moments where it's so bleak that you cannot see a message to this movie. I wrote several times in all caps in my notes, what is this movie trying to tell me? (laughs) And then I said, what is this movie saying? And then I wrote, fuck this movie. Like there are just (laughs) moments where I get completely lost and it just feels so terrible. Yeah. All it feel, it feels terrible all the time like and i just yeah. trying to figure out what uh-huh. to do. i'm trying uh-huh. to figure out uh-huh. and i looked at britney okay. afterward britney goes what's this movie doing i said i don't know like we literally had a genuine can like, i what, can i ask that? what were the scenes that britney cried at um the oh kid, geez britney qu- cried twice um the kid stuff so okay. when Arvin was that those awkward, tenuous moments with his dad, um, obviously oh, crucifying the dog. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and then yeah. Um, there was another moment that she cried at. And I have a feeling it's when um, Lenore tried to hang herself. Ah, uh, got it. Those Oof. were the two moments. I get those it. were tough. Those were tough scenes, though. Yep. Those were tough. Yep, and as a parent, like, and Brian can relate Ooh. to this, the kid stuff is hard. Like, kid, kid stuff, stuff for is me super is hard. always going to be hard yeah. um, because it's just – it it feels like it's just getting you right there. Which so. is something else we're going to have to have a conversation about one day is our identities and how they play into watching movies. Oh, because for sure. I'm, I'm not a father. I just thought that that scene yeah. was sick as shit, but I understood wanting to save somebody so fucking bad yes. that you would sacrifice your dog to right. do so. Yes. Oh man, and uh, yeah, and the parallels to like the parallels to like the traditional Bible of like the stories of God being like, hey, if you love me so much, go kill this go sacrifice. person. Yes. Yes. But yes. it's like, just yeah. kidding. Please don't do yeah, that. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. And then yeah. it feels like the characters like completely miss that part, you know? Yeah. But I, and it yeah. was obviously intentional. Right. Um, but yeah. you're so desperate 
that was the thing that I love about it was you showed everybody at their most desperate maxed out moments. Yes. And the response was, I need to turn to the cross for saving. But what this is what I asked myself. What happens when you're praying and nobody answers? Oh, what is the the resurrection scene? That's exactly what I said. He is calling and crying and wanting something to be different. And no one's there. And so is the dad. The dad is saying, yes, pray to save your mother. And imagine as a kid, somebody says, if you pray, it'll save your mother. And it didn't, then it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, not to dive. I don't want to go down this road too much, but I mean, that's, I mean, if we want to talk about identities, I mean, listening to my, it's not necessarily my story to tell, but my dad had this experience growing up with his level of Catholicism. Like, I mean, his mom died from lung cancer when he was eight and essentially being told that's God's plan. Like, that's not a good answer. And he grew up, he was born in 49. Yeah. It's not fucking far off from when this is happening. So it's, I mean, there's just, I think there's some truth. I think there's some truth to power for this movie, right? Like there's some truth to how this, that moment of being willing to do anything to save your wife and just that motivation, that desperation that you're talking about. Well, and I want to call it out. That's a lot. That's a lot. I want to give that story space and respect. No, I'm glad that you shared. And I just want to make sure Mm -hmm. that like, thanks for sharing that. Cause I'm, that's a lot. And I, Mm -hmm. but I, and I want to say that I think, I think that's the other thing with this movie is that it can really, it can cut to a core, I think. And oh, I, I, for, sure. for sure. I know we're like on bad and it's, that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. No. I think that's <laughs> no. like when you have art that does it, when you have art that does something like this and it provokes yeah. you overall, that's a good thing. But yeah, I think this movie, it, it has this ability to be like, here's all this really bad stuff and you need to find a way <laughs> to deal with it and to go back mm-hmm. to your point though doug um and i i'm going somewhere i promise everybody like you're fine. You're i fine. do mm-hmm. feel like if you're bringing up all this stuff yeah what is the point like yeah. and yeah. with movies like you have to show that and i'm gonna i'm gonna go, I, i'm just gonna go for it here with that you have to show that sometimes a little bit more um yep. rather than tell it and i feel like this movie sometimes did more telling than showing and it had some exposition to figure out like Agreed. there's really good narration Agreed. stuff in here and the narration was done by the author of the book. I love that. That's oh, cool. wow. Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't know yeah. that. That's great. Yeah. So, and I dig that. I think what's tough for me though, is like, there's certain points in this movie where it was like, why didn't, why didn't you just show that? And I'm going to look at my notes here to see if I, if I have a moment of that, but essentially it was. Um... Well, really, to be honest with you, the whole situation with telling how Lenore and Arvin came to live together is an example yes. where you could have shown and not told. Yes. I, and I I've agree. always, yeah. and when I was taking, like when I was in high school, I took a couple of film classes in high school, like, you know, production or whatever. Yep. And we, our teacher told us, if you have to use a title scene with long things of exposition, <laughs> or if you have to use dialogue with somebody explaining it, it means you don't know how to tell that story with the camera. And I'm not trying to accuse the, accuse the director of not knowing how to use his medium because that would be pretty ballsy of me. But that's what films in black and white is about (laughs) being ballsy. Boom. Boom. But to be fair, if you don't know how to convert some of these moments or, I mean, you clearly know how to shoot them and how to frame them and how to dress them and how to make the actors Mm -hmm. what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. It's just, you didn't know where to put it. Mm-hmm. So you kind of smashed it together and kind of hoped it stayed. Well, and it, and, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, no go and, ahead. and to that point, everything with Bo Decker 
it felt like Pointless. it was this weird connective yes. tissue yeah. that didn't i need don't to feel be like we needed to know 90 percent of his story because nope. you if you remove his story and he only shows up in the finale like say he gets called to the scene of his sister um mm. the double homicide and then he's like what this kid got my like he hurt my sister you still get to the same you point the same and story. yeah I feel like it doesn't change that character's arc that much. I thought it was a curious decision to put that arc in there, like that entire story in there, because it doesn't add anything. And it's really weird because you meet him after the time jump and he's like, Mm -hmm. I'm the sheriff and I'm fat now and I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. doing stuff and Mm -hmm. Hey, and I, you know, um, maybe there's a better way to phrase that. I apologize. You know, he's obviously, he's grown up, he's filled out. No, he's out of, he's fat and out of shape. He's, he's he's comfortable. He's comfortable being the sheriff because (laughs) played the level of comfort he had. I'll reflect on that a little Mm -hmm. bit, but you know, there's a better way to phrase that. In any case, it's pretty clear. He, he's just trying, he's just trying to do the, easiest thing possible mm-hmm. right i don't really feel like we needed to see that he well why he, did we have to see him kill his kill the kill the bodyguard you. and the it, and, yes. and the guy over him like yes. i felt like that was unnecessary who's yes. that for is that for us or is that for arvin right was that I permission don't... for arvin to shoot him and we gave that character to give a justified no. a justified way to handle I it i didn't think or did we that say way. that's something the audience has to have or otherwise they'll hate arvin I still yeah. don't think that that's a good point. I can still believe that Arvin acted inappropriately with or without that scene. I mean, I guess to me, it's like trusting your audience a little bit. Cause like right. at that point, you're either on Arvin's journey or not. And I was yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Board. So having- I was just hoping Arvin didn't die. Right, I, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and I totally believe, I definitely thought that's how this movie was going to end, by the way. I oh, definitely so did thought I. that's. Yeah, I, but uh, yeah, and maybe that's something to chew on. But I guess that was one of the points where it's like, no, just show me what message you're trying to convey here a little bit with this movie. Of are these people just trying to find meaning? Are they trying to find like their own church? And and maybe that was done in a more subtle way. I just feel like if you're going to be digging up all these emotions, I feel like you have to have at least one life preserver in your movie for someone yeah. to cling on to. Of like, yeah, this is a way to make sense of some of this. Um, that I, I would say that's where I would leave my point there. Right. I, w- I, would, I would also agree with that. I think the other thing is that, like I said, I think when you do it that way, you're jamming so many things <laughs> together, almost Frankenstein-y, and it yeah. just feels like there's just too much going on. I mean, and you just kind of ask yourself, did you need all of it? And I feel yeah. like somebody was like, do you need it? And they kind of had the hoarder mentality of like, of course I need it. I couldn't yeah. live with this movie. Well, couldn't be done without it. Well, and that's the thing, though, with Netflix. You look at the Irishman and you yes. get these filmmakers and these stories and you pay them bazillions of dollars to get, you know, to get the rights. And they're just like, whatever. We don't we don't have to put this in a theater. We don't have to put this on TV mm-hmm. or even HBO. Like you just you know do your, do your thing it's netflix who cares it's wild west right. and which i think I, you know? I think that's important though because if you yeah. release this two-hour movie in a theater can't tell you that i would have sat to watch it the entire time but right. you did it in my house where i can pause stop go take the first yeah. of all take the emotional break because <laughs> god damn <laughs> right and, it is and, a gauntlet yeah. of sorrow and grief oh for sure for yeah. sure yeah marcus anything that we haven't touched on about what didn't work I don't Dean, honestly, there's not much for me that did not work. I think okay. that they did this movie well. Sure. Um, the story is hectic, but I was along for the ride. 
I wanted to see what happened next. And a lot of the stories I wanted more of because like Carl and, and his, what is her name? Stacy? Sandy. 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 I wanted to see more of that. that, It just felt like it was kind of lacking in that story. And you gave me more of, excuse me, more of Bo Decker. And I, I, you know, that was probably the only thing. That was, that was the choice I was kind of curious with too. So. Yeah, but we can, yeah, I'm good. All right, Brian, is there anything that you have left sitting in that stuff of didn't that didn't quite work that you feel like we absolutely have to touch on? Sometimes, Doug, this movie felt like it had a lot of delusions. Delusions. I just wanted to shout that out. There you, go. you might need to turn that down in post. I'm so sorry, but Brian, I want to let everybody know there is a YouTube you all video. Know. By I want Netflix. you to know something and... about Brian. Brian started off not <laughs> sure what was happening or when it was happening. But now he's an air horn. Board. And now look at him. He's got his own <laughs> goddamn board. Man, shoves some black and white changes. I know. Better. And that might be too loud. I'm so sorry. No, but I needed... actually, it's not that it was not I wanted to convey that that stuck with me and there is a youtube video by netflix film club of a 10 minutes of robert pattinson saying delusions so 10 minutes you want that in your life uh, go for it well, which why... was a manipulative scene he used yes, everything and, it was. and preached it in a sermon which is fucked up it yeah was, yes. yeah i mean i kind of yes. wish we didn't get an i i kind of wish we didn't get more of his character i don't think you know we needed I mean? it i got just enough yeah, because I know it was just good. Yeah, okay. I was good. It was it was enough to know he's a dick and an asshole. Yeah. So fair enough. I, well, and it's yeah. like this this movie is, and I don't know what the book was like. I know people who have like read the book listening to this are probably just like shaking their head, but like this movie at times was just like we're gonna have this cavalcade of villains and mm-hmm. you're gonna like it. And mm-hmm. he was right. one of them, and he was right. doing really well. Yeah. And he was. It was the shots were very grimy shots. Oh, when yeah, he goes back yeah. home and he starts getting fellatio he, <laughs> head from his wife and he's got this beer belly and he looks just like he looks like he stinks and should have showered before he got it. But like, yeah, yeah, I, it, I it's really want to know. I really want to know the timeline of filming. I want to know where yeah. this tenant and the Batman all yeah. fall in <laughs> because yeah. I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest with you. Just the commitment to character on his part of putting on, giving yourself a little bit of that, mm-hmm. Brian, don't feel attacked, a little bit of that dad bod thing going on. Hey. We do have a little bit of the beer belly. You're absolutely right. I too you have a dad I mean? bod, but I'm not a dad. <laughs> it's hey. true. Sorry. Uh, all anyway, bodies are beautiful. Okay. Dad, bo- dad bods don't discriminate against anybody. So, um, yeah. So anyway. Um, so I think the best thing for us to do is to now move on before we get stuck on the dad, the dad bod thing for too long. Robert Pattinson, dad bod, the podcast. Yeah, Bonus illusion. The dad bod pod- podcast. Um, all right. So then let's think about maybe the war, the, the ugly. So what are some, maybe some decisions? Podcast. <laughs> podcast. Um, what are maybe some things that we would do differently if we were sitting in the director's chair or the even the editor's chair, to be honest with you, because that's just kind of where we're at. You know? Oh, go ahead. No, Brian, you got it. Oh, all right. Um, I don't know. For me, this movie, so you said Crash, and I like that, and I feel like this movie is a mashup of Crash and Rogue One, where it's like, what if Rogue One never had one, like, central, like, premise? (laughs) What if it was, like... Four different premises and they oh, all met Jesus, up at the yeah. finale, right? First of all, no. So, <laughs> right, that would be confusing as all get out. But I do feel like this movie 
it, it has a little bit of Rogue One syndrome. It has a little yep. bit of Crash where there is a really good story here. And, really sometimes, and it's in this really weird position where it's either, it's like this weird length where it's like, I feel like it could be longer. I feel like it could be shorter. And which is like, it's a sign of a good movie to me because you're, you're, you have a lot to say and sometimes it gets lost in everything you're trying to say. So honestly, mine is pretty drastic. I would make this a mini series. Um, I would oh, find shit. a way to try to make this a mini series wow. where yep. we're either, we're just focusing on one character per chapter for four chapters, like a really short mini series, just where we have time to know these characters a little bit. I think the biggest ones that jump out to me are Carl and Sandy, because mm, you don't really understand yeah. why Sandy's doing this. Carl kind of seems two-dimensional at times, and I feel like ha having a miniseries, you'd be able to flesh those out, and then you'd get to like the fourth episode or the penultimate episode and have everything weave together. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that could be satisfying. <laughs> Obviously, that doesn't make it a movie, but if I had that creative control, I feel like that's something I would explore because I feel like that way you can really get to know these characters. Even Sheriff Bodecker. Yeah, for sure. It feels like yeah. there's more of a story there to tell. You could, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think this, you could almost arrest a development like their fourth season where they told individual stories. Oh, wow. You remember that? You could almost cover it that way where it's, they jam yeah. into each other and they interact, but then they go off and you don't learn about what happens to them right. next until you get to that next episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely agree with that. I think this is, it's a good movie and I agree. I think I, this I like is a good it. Movie, yeah. There's nothing about this I didn't, I don't think I, I regret watching it or that it wasn't worth um, what I invested in it. But I do think that if we were to, if we were to do things differently, I think absolutely making it a, you know, four or five part miniseries is something I'm home run here for. So yeah. Yeah. Marcus, anything that you feel like you might do differently? I know you kind of didn't have as much of the bad cause you, it, it, a lot of it worked for you, but anything you do different. I only thing I only thing I would really do is either you cut Sheriff Bodecker story or extend it. Yep. And, and the same That's for, and, and the same for Carl and his wife. Um, sure. But other than that, you know what? I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I got any critiques. Oh, it's too, because, yeah. because it's two hours long, but it's two hours long at home. I'm fine with it being, I'm assuming this was supposed to be something that not a normal person is just going to sit and watch this. That's no. a great point. And consume it no. the way that I think that we may have consumed it or yeah. they would watch it with more than one person where there are discussions happening. Like, yeah, for sure. There's so much shit going on. You cannot, I don't think this is something people really watch by themselves. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie. I hope not. This star study cast just didn't, did. it just didn't feel like that. I did too. But, um, <laughs> we don't recommend it. Shout uh, out to Brittany. You, you yeah. did it. Yeah, Thanks. you did make it through. And I apologize, Brittany. That was, that was, yeah, <laughs> it was tough as shit. But um, yeah. yeah, it's not a lot of things I would take. The way that I got to consume it, I'm fine sitting through two hours. Okay. If I yeah. can sit through any game, I'll sit through this and I support all of the actors that are in it. So sure. I'm yeah. cool. Sure. Okay, cool. So, I mean, for me, like I said, I, I really, beyond Brian's comment of maybe potentially making it into a mini series and even yeah. like Marcus, like what you said about either extending those stories or kind of cutting them back. I, I, my edits aren't going to be any different to be honest with you. Cause I think the core, what, like what is there is so it's, it's well done and it's good. It's just, 
I think it's just maybe look at your pacing or maybe look at how things, I think it's just structural stuff of nothing is so inherently flawed that it ruins the movie. The movie is great as it is. It could be a better movie if it was structured different. Like if you chose to, if we picked up right away with old Arvin and then it was flashed back to, you know, interactions with dad when there's a time to explain it. Like, I just think it's structural things. It's not, it's not content. It's not how it was. The content was produced. I maybe would just snip it and edit it and frame it a little different. That's well, all. and I think you bring up a good point. And also, by the way, the, the things we're talking about changing here is we're talking about wanting more and mm-hmm. like yeah. structuring it to consume mm-hmm. it, which yeah. are positive. And yeah, absolutely. that's cool. I think yeah. is a cool thing to point out, but it also has this, like to use another star Wars movie reference, you have this episode one thing happening where you're sure. intertwining all of these plots so tightly mm-hmm. that when you try to take one out, it's like a Jenga tower, right? Yes. Like, yes. Cause George Lucas talks about, he gets to the point in editing episode one where he's like, well, it, it's all interconnected. It's all got to stay in. So yeah, it, I can't that, cut that anything challenge. Like, and, <laughs> but at the same time, it's to your point though, Doug is, is just how you're structuring it is. is, Yeah. It's going to make all the difference. It's the Snyder cut. Uh, Essentially it's the Snyder cut. Sure. Because you get, Oh, that's a good reference. You snip it and cut it and you get a Josh Whedon version where you're feeling like, well, what the fuck did I just watch? There's something's missing. Or you get the Zack Snyder where they did change the format. And he says, the content that I have in order to tell the full story, yeah. not even just the Snyder Cut, but also the Batman versus Superman Ultimate Edition. Yeah. That version is like maybe 45 minutes longer than yep. the original, but it told the full story and you get the full scope. Like right. how you consume it is very important, like time-wise. Like that's why they have to split it into a four-part miniseries for yeah, the Justice sure. League release. That and is a great point. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. Yep. That's a that's a home run analogy because I just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's it's all of the things are there, but I think that if you were to cut it differently, you don't need the narrator. I, I mean, I think you, I, I think you have him in there at pieces, but you don't need him for as much as they relied on him for. I really like the narrator. I disagree. I, do, I, I, do I like his. I liked how much he was sprinkled in there. To be honest with you, I do too. I, I, I like mean, the fact he said slick fuck. Yeah. <laughs> There are more. God damn it! Critical Um, analysis. I love it. There's like you can use him for a line here or there or at the very beginning, but there are ways in which like you can use him, but use him differently to kind of remind people of like bringing them back to the flashback. So if I'm cutting this and it's Arvin and he's Lenore walks into the kitchen, then you flash back to how Lenore got there. You use him for that. Oh, got it. Just you use him differently, Uh... and that's I think the the movie has a different pace and a different feel to it maybe so i like that i like um that. worth the price of i mean this is on netflix we obviously all pay for netflix so yep. is it worth the price of it price being time yeah if the price is time and two hours and 20 30 minutes or what have you is it worth that kind of investment i say yes it is i say yes okay i say if you are willing to be challenged yes it is okay like if, if you are in a spot where you're ready to like digest some challenging media yes it's worth it yeah and i think that's brian that's a good point of like if you are in the headspace to be able to want to be challenged and to want to have some emotional pull that yeah. is an investment i mean your emotions are an investment as well um so you know you got to think about that so that's also an excellent point but yeah this great is a good movie yeah this is good um it's on Netflix. Um, I mean, I don't think that they're going to have any plans to get rid of it. So check it out. 
let us know what you think. You know, let us know. Do you agree? <laughs> Did we have it right? Um, yeah. So that was the devil all the time. So Ooh, awesome. Y'all getting a juicy pot today. Huh? That was, that was a, a deep to, dive. That was a lot. This I need to cleanse dive. my palate. Yeah. Ooh. Good job, everybody. Um, all right. Well, let's kind of close this out. Just kind of go round table, what we're plugging, what we're getting into, anything we want to have, let the people know. Um, Marcus, Doug, you start. I will, I will start. Um, what I have is this podcast is really what I want people to continue to do. Um, my ask is always to share it with a friend or to don't whisper. I know it, I can oh, see it. I can see it. Oh, yes. right, now I'm, gonna, I'm just going to back out. Go ahead and oh, continue yes. with your story. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Um, it's really this <laughs> podcast. Um, recommend it to a friend or leave us a review. Those are really, really helpful. Um, they help push us up into like charts and so more people can find us. Um, so please, please, please let us know. We also in the next week or two are going to have a guest join us on the podcast. Um, so we will announce that as we get closer. Stay tuned um, for that guest. But we're super, super excited for that. It's somebody maybe from a different perspective than us, which would be good as well. I will then now defer over to Marcus, what do you got to plug? Uh, just want to give a shout out to Soul Tie. Uh, in less than five days, Soul Tie got 200 streams on his last song, So Long. So shout out to you, Soul Tie. Shout out to everybody listening. I really appreciate you. Noah, merch coming very soon. New music coming very soon. Also, just, you know what I'm saying? Protect your mental health. It's, it's rough out here, Yes. Yep. Really, really rough out here. You know what I'm saying? But... Also, protect yourself, but don't stop fighting the good fight. You know, right. just because stuff gets tough and stuff gets a little a little bit harder, there's a reason that you need to keep going. There are people that are looking to you to keep going. Um, that doesn't mean you have to bear the burden alone, but it does mean that you are inspiring people. So just remember that moving forward and use that as the fuel to keep going because you're going to be tired as fuck. I guarantee it. I'm letting you know. You're going to be tired as fuck. You're going to have some hard days, especially right after having a good one. You had a great day. And then right immediately after that, you have a tough-ass day that puts to test all the shit that you were talking about your previous day. Man, Crazy as fuck how life works, but it happens. That life comes going. at you fast. That, that sounds like someone who has experienced that like today. How but about anyway. you, Brian? What's Brian, going what do you on? got? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do. I'm going to pick up though, like take care of yourself. Uh, mental health is really important, especially right sure. now when we're in the middle of a pandemic and also an election cycle, there's a lot happening. Uh, and one of the greatest forms of rebellion is taking care of yourself. Um, mm -hmm. That is just, if that is something that you can take something from, please do. Um, yeah. So just want to make sure that, yeah, take care of yourself. Just want to bump that. Um, yeah. Dr. Maya Angelou had a lot of good stuff to say about that. That's where I'm pulling that from. So for sure. for just sure. want to make sure that is out. And vote. Vote so, locally yes, and presidentially. Yes. The only other thing uh, I will talk about, talking about self-care, is uh, Maggie on the Love Nerds has posted a pumpkin fireball Ooh. latte. If that is your jam, if you would like an adult Ooh. beverage during the fall, you can literally just Google pumpkin fireball, fireball latte. It's one of the first ones that pops up for the love nerds. Really oh easy to make. They're god. delicious. I love them. All right. How does she all come right. up with all this stuff? Oh my god. 
I married up. Like she's a genius. <laughs> like I'm just gonna. I want this to be on the recording. Like I, I get she's it. amazing. Yep. I, I, I mean, it. she's incredible, and yeah. she is just a constant creativity machine. And I love her very, very much. And this she makes be, delicious drinks. So this should be the intro. This should be the intro. The little sneak peek snippet. Yeah. So, so the Maggie sneak can peek hear snippet it. is Brian going. I married up. I married yeah. up. I did. I, I mean, like I'm okay with this. Like it's the truth, you know. Being honest. Oh, sure. so, but that's it. all I'm. Pl- <laughs> Apparently, that's what I'm plugging this week. All right. All right. Well, that's been this. I, I want to make sure, though, that we spend some time. That's, been, that's been this. That, that's and been this has been that. This and this has been, been that. that. Good job. Um, <laughs> again, we here at Films of Black and White have a very strong triangle of success. Lakers game Triang- is that, that triangle of success has three lines. Line one, read a book. <laughs> Line one. Line two. Yeah. Drink a glass of water. Skip the soda glass. maybe just once. And line three, wash your ass. Make sure you get up in there and take care of your business. Wash. Keep everything nice and fresh. Yeah. Um, and that is really the films in black and white triangle to success. Uh, you, if you can incorporate those three aspects of the triangle into your life, you'll be able to go wherever you want to go, whenever you want to go there. And as you can remember from the hymnal that is Wash Your Ass by one Marcus J. Destin, it's important to remember. So take yourself to the promised land and give yourself a scrub. Because at the end of the day, things will be better when you do it. As always, we'll be back next week with a news episode. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We love y'all. And we will see y'all next week. Wash your ass. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Films in Black and White. You just heard the trio review the Netflix movie The Devil All the Time, directed by Antonio Campos and starring Bill Sarsgaard, Tom Holland, Sebastian Stan, and Robert Pattinson. The trio will be back next week to cover all of the news coming straight out of the Hollywood. In the meantime, stay up to date on all the Films in Black and White news by following them on social media, as well as going to filmsinblackandwhite.com. In the meantime, stay safe. We love y'all, we appreciate y'all, and we will see y'all next week.